Welcome to the Craft It Out podcast, where we cry while we laugh, or sometimes laugh until we cry. And this is something I like to call crafting. Hi, my name is Emerson Sauer, and whether you're laughing or crying, I'm so glad you're here. And if you're not, do better. This week, we have a new story, and like always, another week, another trauma. And this one's different, just like all the other ones have been. And so without giving too much away, I want to introduce our guest today. Her name's Annika Kapner, aka Baby Giraffe. Annika and I (laughs) were roommates all last year and we became really good friends and we bonded over how bad we are at snowboarding and together. (laughs) I'm bad. She's less bad, but still not great. But I'll let Annika take a little time to introduce herself and then we'll get into what her trauma is. Okay, so like Emerson said, I'm Annika. I'm from Colorado. I am in my last semester at Utah State studying special education, and I'm going to graduate in like three weeks, and I can't wait. And after that, I'm going to work in early intervention, so like with um, like kids and families with disabilities from the ages of birth to three, just like in their homes doing stuff. And I don't know, that's about it. <laughs> I don't think you're smart enough to graduate. I think that was actually a lie. Dude, honestly, I am like, don't even believe myself when I say that. (laughs) I'm just giving everyone's a heads up now that Annika and I, I don't know if we've ever even cried in front of each other. We (laughs) are two people who don't talk about our emotions. And so this could get very uncomfortable very fast. So there's your warning. So stop listening now if you can't handle that. That's a good trigger warning. It's true. We're so awkward. (laughs) But Annika, tell us a little bit about your experience with grief and why you're on this episode today. Um, so this story, this happened in May of this year, so only like a couple months ago. And it was um like May 8th and like 9th, like that night. And I had a friend that I had known for about like three or four years and he was going to do like he was leaving to go do summer sales he didn't even live in Logan but he was like driving through I don't really know why he was there to be honest but he wanted to come see me and I was like sure like you can come say bye like we're pretty good friends and we we had kissed a couple times (laughs) Emerson you know me I uh we like to have a good time yeah but the last time before this time I had told him I was like we cannot do this anymore like we're just friends like there's nothing more that's ever gonna come from this like I don't see you that way pretty much just like shut him down in every possible way I could that was like a month before this and so he texts me and he wants to come over to like say bye and I was like, yeah, you can come over, but, like, I'm not kissing you. Like, it's literally just, like, you are coming over to say goodbye, and that's it. Like, nothing's going to happen, you know? Like, I set my I set my expectations, um, like, they were very clear of, like, right. whatever. So, he comes over, and, like, um, Emerson had moved out at this point. It was, like, right after graduation, so, like, everyone was gone. Um, I think we had, like, a new roommate. I don't know, like, that had literally moved in, like, 
two days ago that was there I don't really know but anyway so he comes in and like immediately he just like like tries to like kiss me and I'm like dude like what are you doing like I literally told you he was like no we always kiss like it's not a big deal like we always like always and I was just like oh my gosh like so that just like didn't start out on the best foot you know yeah but then like I don't want to like get into too much detail because one I blocked a lot of it out but also um I don't know it's just kind of unnecessary for the story but basically that night like he ended up raping me and like the next the the parts that I do remember are like the parts that I like replayed in my head a million times Uh, basically the times of like me telling him to stop or like telling him no but after that like so he left and I was just like laying there like pretty much like in shock like kind of like I don't even know how to explain it like I was just like I couldn't tell if it like was real or if I was just like making up what had happened kind of thing does that make sense like yeah I guess like just shock yeah and then I so I was just like laying there and I was like literally there's nobody here like everyone had moved out of Logan or was gone um and like I don't know like that moment like I've never felt just like more like alone and like almost just like helpless like I was just like I have no idea what to do so I I like pull out my phone and I think I googled like how to know if you were just raped or something because I was just like was I'm like am I just like crazy or like you know because I'm like you hear these stories of like people in an alley and whatever but like this was someone that I knew like this was someone that I like thought I trusted and like I was friends with which obviously I know that that's like more common but in the moment it just was like didn't feel real anyway so like I the first thing that came up was like the like a sexual assault hotline and there's like a message on it and I was like okay like I'll just explain what happened in to this like random person and they were like they basically just like validated it and they were like yeah like sounds like what happened was like um sexual coercion and rape and I was like and like I hadn't cried yet and like as soon as I saw that message like I just started like crying like more than I've ever cried in my entire life and um they were like they were like do you have someone that you can like call like and then they're like telling me that I like needed to go to the hospital like all this stuff and so it was just like very overwhelming <laughs> and like just kind of like like at that moment I think I like realized like it was real and it wasn't like you know me just being like I don't know reckless or whatever but it was just like like validating to hear that like what I thought it was was really what it was that makes sense yeah I know that makes sense um, yeah so I was just like so I was just laying there I had to go to work in like two hours like I didn't sleep all night so I like text um my boss and I was like hey I'm sick I can't come into work and I was just like trying to think of like anyone that was around that I could like call or text and so I ended up texting do you remember Bailey Thompson I think so yeah yeah so I text him because, like, we've been friends for a really long time and, like, 
literally the only person I could think of that was like still Logan and I was just like I asked him if he was still Logan and he said he was but he was at work and I asked him when he got off and like I basically told him what happened and he was like was like okay like I'll come pick you up right when I get off of work and so like I I got up I like took like a three hour long shower I just like cried all day long and like I just like could not like one I didn't want to be in my room but also like I just couldn't like just sit there and do nothing like I don't know so I just like got dressed and I just like went on a walk and I just like walked around Logan forever because I was just like I can't like I don't know I just like needed to like be doing something and I'm like these people I'm walking past I just thought I was crazy because I'm just like walking around and just like crying (laughs) (laughs) anyway so I was just like walking around and then um Bailey got off work and he came and picked me up and like I was just like sitting on our front porch like waiting for him and he like got out of his car and just like hugged me and I was just like crying and so then we just like went to his house and like I spent the night at his house that night which was I don't know it was just like nice to like not be alone but also I felt bad because I like could not sleep and every time I fell asleep like I would have like these like flashbacks and I would just like wake up and it would like wake him up and he had to go to work at like five in the morning so like he did not sleep that night but that was nice and then after that I just like I could not sleep in my room so I slept on an air mattress in Sarah's room well I slept in her room until she got back because she was in Idaho or something then when she got back I slept in an air mattress for like three weeks in her room yeah oh I did this story is kind of all over the place I'm trying to trying to place it but (laughs) Um, like the next day I was talking to my friend Cam and she, she lives in Provo and so I was like telling, and she works at a hospital and I was like talking to her about it and she was like, you need to go to the hospital. And I like really did not want to do that. Like, I don't know, it just, just did not seem like a fun time. (laughs) And also like, besides that was like, I don't have like really great insurance like I don't know just all the things and I just I don't like being a burden on other people so like it just whatever so anyway but she was like no like I'm getting off work right now I'm driving up to Logan and I'm taking you to the hospital and I was like okay like I guess so so she like drives two hours up to Logan and um we went to the hospital and they like did whatever like tests and stuff and like gave me some shots like std prevention i think i'm not really sure um but those hurt so bad my arm was like so sore for like a week after but in the hospital like i think the hardest thing was like people just like didn't know how to talk to me and like like they couldn't make like not everyone but you know they would like come in and like already I like didn't want to be there also didn't really like know how to like talk about it and um but they like couldn't make eye contact with me especially like the men and they were like just like very awkward and so like that just like made me feel less comfortable being there but there was so there was like the security guy that worked there that came in and kind of explained like what options I had and he was like super super nice and like you know could actually look me in the eyes when he was talking to me like and he like sat down too which I feel like made a difference like than just like standing there like staring at me but he like sat in the room and like talked to me 
And so they ended up calling the cops to come so, like, I could, like, give a statement. And the cop that walks in was one that had given me a ticket, like, a month before that. (laughs) So I was, like, did not really want to talk to him. But anyway, so, like, I gave him, like, a statement or whatever. Um, And then we left. Oh, actually, while we were in the hospital, wanted to, like, tell my family. Um... But I just, like, didn't know how because, like, just, like, I just knew it would hurt them. But also I knew I needed, like, that support. So I I sent a text to my sister and Cam, like, helped me type it out so that it would, I don't know. She just, like, helped me. And I texted her and then she, like, immediately called me. And she was just, like, crying and I was crying. And we were just, like, FaceTiming in the hospital, just, like, crying together. And she was just, like, I don't know what to say. Like, but, like, I'm here for you. And she was, like, do you? And I asked her, I was, like, well, can you tell our mom? Because I'm, like, I can't do that. Like, I don't know. And so she called my mom and told her. And my mom was, like, at my brother's house at the time. Then like they all knew and and I think that was like probably the hardest part was just like seeing like my family's like reactions to it because like I obviously like didn't want to hurt them or like put that on them in any way but at the same time like I needed them so it was kind of hard to like know that I was like making them sad while I was also sad but like you know knowing that it was like for the best um but anyway my mom texted me and she was like she's like we can talk about it when you're ready like I have like I don't know what to say but like you know she was really good about like being like if I ever say anything that like you know is like not the right thing to say like let me know and stuff like that so yeah and then after so like a week after it happened I like had this day where I was like I like I basically convinced myself that it like didn't happen like I was just like felt like I was just like I can't believe I made such a big deal about this like nothing even happened like basically just like feeling so guilty that I had like put this on so many other people which was the weirdest like thing because I knew it had happened like like there's no like doubt in my mind that like that's what it was but I just like think I'm good at like suppressing my feelings and emotions and so (laughs) I don't know like I was just like convincing myself that it didn't happen um but then of course like the next day like hit me and then I was like okay like I was just being stupid but I don't know I just feel like it's weird like every day is just like so different and like some days I'm just like oh I'm like totally fine like this isn't affecting me at all and then some days I like am at the gym and I like am there for 20 minutes and then I have to leave because I just like am so like physically and emotionally and mentally drained and just like cry for like an hour for like literally no reason. So yeah. Well, Annika, I am so sorry that all of that happened to you. And as you know, we've talked about this before, you know, like you've told me this story and one it's awkward for us to be serious in conversations but I just am so sorry that all of this happened and that someone you trusted hurt you so badly and you had to go through some of that alone I'm just really sorry about that thanks (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) I don't really know what to say but (laughs) okay (laughs) because I'm like it does suck and like I'm sorry too so I don't know (laughs) you don't have to be sorry 
you don't have to say sorry for anything, but I think something, um, you sent me an article about sexual assault and grief, and that's something I never, I don't know, we've talked about it in classes and stuff. It's something that we talk about a lot in social work, but I don't think I realized how much comes into play with that and grief and trauma in general and grief, but what are some ways that you feel like it's caused you to grieve and what does that look like? I think like for one, well, like I said, like just whenever I like convince myself it didn't happen, like that's just like me being in denial of it and just like, you know, pretending it didn't happen, but also too, just like being like angry that like, I I don't know like I feel like I've done all of these like good things in my life to like get me to where I am and then for that all to just kind of be like taken away in one night and like I know it wasn't all taken away but like sometimes it feels like that like that I like I don't even know how to explain this I don't know I would just say like the anger part of it and just like feeling all those different emotions that come with it like there's not one emotion that comes with it because like I feel like guilt sometimes or then like I will like feel anger then I'll just like feel nothing or and like every day it's just so different and I also think I just kind of like grieve the person I was like before it all happened because life was just easier before and I'd never had you know like so much fear before and in my eyes like everything was good and life was perfect and bad things don't happen to me you know and now I'm like just see the world in like such a different view and so I think just like grieving the life that I had before compared to now and like working so hard to like try to get back to that but kind of having to come to terms with the fact that like I don't think I'll ever fully be back to that and being okay with that. Yeah, I think that's something a lot of people don't realize about trauma in any form is that it completely changes you and it completely changes your outlook on life. And I feel like that's something that's so hard for people to understand unless they experience it themselves, you know? Yeah. People will say, oh, well, you used to do this or you used to like that, but your reality kind of changes when something like so traumatic happens and you kind of just have to figure out your new normal. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, you're just like putting so much energy into like healing that it's like, sometimes you just like don't have energy for anything else. And that's hard to like explain to people when they're like, what? Like, you don't want to come to this? Or like, I don't know. It's like, no, I physically cannot go. Yeah. It's like, I'm struggling to get out of bed in the morning. I can't go make you feel better about yourself too. You know, like with other people. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned a lot of people and like their reactions to it and most of them like they were all very positive but I do feel like there's a stigma right involving sexual assault and how has that affected how you've you know are working through this experience? Um, That's a very good question. (laughs) Thanks. Um, I definitely feel like it's not something I can like talk about which also, like, for the most part, it's not something I, like, always want to talk about, but, like, it's just adds that extra level of, like, anxiety to it, because you're, like, if when I'm telling this to someone, like, are they gonna believe me? Are they gonna think I'm making it up? Are they gonna, um, 
you know just like roll their eyes and be like oh just another girl like yeah you know it's not I mean I haven't like talked to that many people about it but everyone that I have talked to has like been really good and it's also like I know this was not part of your question but it's also like with like talking to um different friends and stuff like I've learned more about like their experiences of similar things and so it's like brought me closer to a lot of people and made me realize like how common it really is and so like I feel like it is something that like should be talked about more because of that like and like you like you hear the statistics about it like I think it's like one in five like I don't know if that's just like sexual assault in general or what but but it's like crazy that there's just like so many people out there that have like experienced like such a big trauma and like there's just I don't know more that could be done yeah like it's such a big thing but there's still so much stigma around it it's just stupid yeah yeah for sure like it happened like it's so common but like people still are like scared to talk about it because they're scared people won't believe them yeah but like it's a hard thing to like prove you know because it's you know usually only two people so it's kind of like your word against theirs where other kind of things like there's more people there so there's more like witnesses I guess I don't know well I think it's hard because with so many situations but especially like sexual assault it makes people uncomfortable yeah like who it's not involving them right so one you have Mm -hmm. the fear of people not believing you and then two it makes people uncomfortable to talk about and so we don't have open discussions about like Mm -hmm. what consent looks like or like what to do afterwards like we're never it's like you're taught in school like hey if this this and this happens this is what Mm -hmm. you do you said you googled it yeah (laughs) which honestly like smart I would don't know what I would have done like you never know until you're in that situation but yeah yeah for sure yeah like I think it's like I like feel not I don't know like scared I guess to talk to people about it because it's like I don't want to make them uncomfortable like I don't want to burden them or like you know like put this on them because like I know already how hard it is for me to deal with it and obviously it's different like when you're telling someone like you're not really putting it on them but that's how it feels in the moment because you're just like I don't know how they're gonna react I don't know how they're gonna feel I don't want to like put them in a position where like they don't know what to say in response and so it's easier just to not talk about it yeah right half the time they say something they say something wrong yeah because when you don't have conversations about this kind of stuff one you're not taught what to do and you're not really taught what to say Mm -hmm. but as like someone who's experienced this what are things people have said that have been helpful and then what are some things I don't if any that have not been helpful um I don't think anybody has really like well for one I'm not like easily offended so right that's why we're such good friends right but I don't think anyone has like said anything that's like been wrong necessarily um but I think like the most helpful thing is just like people listening and like just like saying I'm sorry that happened to you what can I do um or just also just like telling them that you believe them and like support them in any way they need um I think is like probably the best thing to do and like really just asking them what they need because 
like everyone is going to be different in every situation and you know some people might like want different things so I think just asking like making them feel comfortable about it I think this is one of those situations where as people we need to get over ourselves and like not the survivor but the person they're telling like this isn't something that happened to me and so get over myself and be there for the person who is sharing their experience if yeah that made sense for sure mm-hmm. and like also I think I had a cup like both of my sister-in-laws texted me and they were like hey like this is like not uncomfortable for me to talk about like I've, I know like multiple people in my lives that have gone through this so, like if you ever want to like talk about it like I'm here so I think too just like hearing things like that it's like where people are like this doesn't make me uncomfortable and like I've been through this with like other people um so like you can talk to me like that is also helpful just like letting them know that it's like it's okay to talk to them about it I feel like something that's so important is your friendship with these people doesn't change like it's not suddenly different and Mm -hmm. it's not awkward it doesn't have to be like that's up to you to do as the Mm -hmm. person they're disclosing this information to and so I just think they're still the same person like they're still your friend and they're like they did nothing wrong and so you there's no reason to change your relationship with them I don't know no for sure like that like I think it was like hard because for a while like people were just like treating me so differently and I'm like hey this is not what I wanted like (laughs) which it's a hard balance because at the same time like I like really appreciate it when people like check in on me about it and like um I have like two friends that are like really good about they'll just like text me and they're like hey like how are you doing and like even if I'm like don't want to talk about it like just knowing that they like still think about me um is like helpful but then at the same time like I don't want my friends to constantly be like feel like they have to like walk on eggshells around me and like always like worry about me so I feel like there's a hard or like just a balance of like treating them the same um also checking in on them and like letting them know that you like still care and like know that it's like still hard yeah it is like it's a hard balance but I feel like it's that way with everything and so really Mm -hmm. just don't be an a-hole first off and like (laughs) that easy but validate and then be the same friend you were before but be a little more empathetic and understanding of you know things might look different a little bit for them but you know why you know and so like be empathetic of that and notice and then be there when they need you and just Mm -hmm. be a listening ear yeah for sure I had two of my friends from my lacrosse team but they were also in town like right after it happened and I was I was hanging out with them one night and I like told them and they were like so good at just like because nobody also was up there again as I said a million times but they like every day they were like hey we're going to this do you want to come with us which was nice because I just like really didn't want to be alone but then when I was with them it wasn't like the whole time they were just like are you okay like you know like they just like treated me the same but like we're also just aware that I like didn't like that I needed someone at the time which was nice I know it hasn't been a super long time whereas most other people I've interviewed it's been like years you know but you know you you're a fresh one (sighs) but how have you used humor in any way to help you through your grief or have you yet um 
<laughs> I don't know if I've gotten to that point yet. Like, obviously, we're like kind of like I'm just like laughing right now because I don't know what else to do. But I don't know if I like will like if I think about that like specific thing. Like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to laugh about it. But yeah. just like, just like finding things in my life to look forward to like as like a way to cope I think has been really like the only way I mean I think there's some situations right that you it's hard to make jokes about like when it's trauma specifically to you you might not you're might not ever be able to make joke about that specific situation which totally understandable but I think one thing about grief and coping and like growing from it and continuing to progress through that process is finding humor like along the way just in everyday mm-hmm. life and keeping a sense of humor while you know you're just living every day really that's what I was trying to say but mm-hmm. yeah like I think sometimes I'm just like like I'll think about like I'll just be like well my life is a literal joke like my friends are out here like <laughs> literally getting married and having children and I'm just like sleeping on a twin size bed and crying about (laughs) being like sexually assaulted so I guess in some ways like I mean it's not funny but at the time I'm just like my life is a joke and that's kind of that's okay you know I think one thing I've learned from interviewing different people through this and just in like normal life conversations I don't always have a microphone in front of my face when I interact with other people but is that, you know, sometimes things are funny and sometimes they aren't. And what we find is like our dark humor is different than other people's and that's okay. And it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to laugh about it. It's okay to cry about it. But the whole point of grief is that it looks different for every single person and it impacts us in different ways and different experiences of trauma are going to look different. Like we experience two very different things, but there's still this like, at least for me, I feel like there's still like this bonding thing of sharing those experiences, even though they're so different. Like our friendship has grown with everything we experience as we've known each Mm -hmm. other, you know? Sure. So cute. And a beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) What a beautiful love story. (laughs) Yeah. No, but I think like kind of going along with that, like just being able to like accept the fact that like it's going to be different and I think early I mean it still is early on but like I put a lot of pressure on myself to just like I'm like okay like I can't I can't let this affect me and I need to like I kind of had a checklist of like things I needed to do to be okay so I was like okay like I need to go to the gym every single day I need to like go to therapy as soon as possible I need to just different things um, that I just like put all these expectations on myself. And then one day, like it just kind of all hit me and I was just like realizing that I needed time to like feel it before I could, you know, do all of those things and accepting that that was okay. Like, and just accepting every feeling that comes and not trying to like overwhelm yourself with what you feel like you should be doing because there is no like right way to deal with it and there's nothing like you should be doing like whatever you can do is what you should do wow you're so wise this is why you're going to be a college graduate soon yeah I, I agree we just we all handle things so differently and so there's not like one size fits all of how to deal with trauma and sexual assault as it is but is there anything anything that you've seen work for you as you've gone through it that you would want to share with other people 
Um, I think just like allowing yourself like that time and space to heal and like understanding that like your body like is working really hard to heal and that's like exhausting like mentally and physically and that's okay and like you don't have to be the same person you were before but you can like find a new normal that is good for you I don't know if that makes sense but like it's like I just I just feel like just knowing that it's okay no matter how it looks and like everything will work out and everything will be okay but just do what you can spoken from the baby giraffe herself (laughs) well buddy is there any last words for people dealing um who are victims of sexual assault or people who they're confiding in or just any trauma in general i would just say that well one if it's like something that you're going through i'm sorry that that happened because that sucks and it's okay to tell yourself that it sucks and it's okay to be sad and for for people that are like helping someone go through that I would just say be there for them and ask them what they need and um just be willing to be open to listening to them so yeah there you go couldn't have said it better myself okay I had to wait to do this last part until Annika was off the call because um we don't say these kinds of things in front of each other and it's awkward but Annika truly is one of my favorite people and became one of my best friends last year. And she is so strong and I'm so proud of her for wanting to share this and being a voice for other people who have had similar experiences. So I really hope you paid attention to the things she said, because there was some really great advice in there and about how to work through this process, but also to be someone who is a friend on the journey with them. So I hope you please listen to it and pay attention because she is amazing. And as always, guys, make someone laugh, make someone cry. Have a great week. Bye. <laughs>